Hello and welcome to episode 161 of the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. The act of doing will give you the insights into what your next evolution of your life would be. Take action, commit to a number of shows first, choose your channel based on your audience, then you will have more insights for yourself. Hello, my name's Ian Anderson Gray and in this episode of the Confident Live Marketing Show, we're going behind the scenes with my good friend Joanne Sweeney. We're looking at her tech, her setup, why she does live video. It's the first in a new series that we are going to be doing, which is going behind the scenes of live video hosts and producers. So we'll be with you just after this. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Helping you level up your impact, authority, and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. Optimize your mindset and communication and increase your confidence in front of the camera. Get confident with the tech and gear. And get confident with the content Content and and marketing. marketing. Together, we can go live! Well, hello. Welcome to the Confident Live Marketing Show. My name's Ian Anderson Gray. I'm excited today. We're, we're going to be talking a lot more about uh, why live video. We're talking about tech and how you can optimize your live video uh, process, I suppose. And also, I'd love to tell you a bit more about my community. We've got a new community over at Volley. So if you head on down to confident.live forward slash community, that's confident.live forward slash community, it's... Uh, really cool place. It allows you to uh, interact with other people, not live or anything. It's asynchronous video. So you can uh, just record a video, put it up there or an audio if you're not camera ready or even text. And it's just a great way to interact in in a community. And we've got loads of people there. We're talking about live video, gear, content, marketing, all that kind of stuff. So do join us over there. But it is time to get on with the main part of the show. And I want to introduce to you my good friend and guest today, Joanne Sweeney, who is the founder of the Digital Marketing Institute and Public Sector Marketing Institute. She's a two-time author and host of the Public Sector Marketing Show and Podcast. Her company was named Ireland's Best Online Social Media Trainer of 2021 by EU Business News, and she lives in Galway, Ireland, with her two children, Sophie and Bobby. Welcome to the show. How are you doing, Joanne? Great to have you here. I love that we have a live audience and they are so enthusiastic. <laughs> well, we, we always like to re- roll the red carpet out. So we've tried to tried to get you on for, for a while. But uh, as I was saying before we started recording, just we're I think we're, you're very busy, I'm very busy, and it's just been difficult to do, even though we're in the same time zone. Uh, so you're you're living in Galway Island. We're talking about uh, the fact that you live by the sea, uh, which sounds lovely. Does that help you be more successful as a business person, do you think, being in a lovely place? Well, I think it helps me mentally and physically because I love to run by the sea, um, intending to do more sea swimming when the water gets a little bit warmer. But yeah, it helps me be the best version of myself before I show up for work. And then obviously the clients get the best of me and I'm better in my business. So that kind of physical and mental bringing that into your business is is hugely important. And I know when I'm kind of off peak, 
with my exercise or kind of in my mental state that it definitely brings down the tone and the output in my business. Yeah, so true. I mean, we we do talk a lot about mindset on this show. We we talk about the tech and gear, of course, and content and marketing. But I think just your well being is so so important. To, you know, to your creativity, to to everything really. And so I, I I love the idea of living by the sea. But let's let's not talk too much about that. Otherwise, I'm going to get jealous. We've got Linda Flynn watching on LinkedIn. Great to see you, Linda. Let us know if you've got any questions or thoughts as we go behind the scenes with Joanne's setup. So we were talking that we've, I think we've known each other now for uh, six, at least six years. I think it was Social Media Summit Island where we met. You're listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast. Looks like it's time for something completely nutty. So back then, live video, well, live video was only really starting on Facebook. Uh, Facebook Live was only a thing in 2016. So how long have you been going live for? Well, I went live for the first time when I was probably 21 or 22 because I'm a trained journalist. But I began to go live on radio. And so not strictly social live, although 20 years later, we now have the rise of social audio. So I was trained as a live broadcaster for radio and what a great first job. And honestly, I remember when I got my first real job in radio in my home county of Donegal with Highland Radio, I was really bad for the first six months. Like I had anxiety just oozing out of every pore on my body. My cells were knocking together and I could hear my heart thumping in my headphones And it was so stressful, but I knew that I had to break through that fear. And I remember um, about 10 months into the job, I was definitely feeling uh, a lot better. Um, My intonation and my delivery and my clarity was much better. And I met this guy who unfortunately is now deceased, but I'll never forget our interaction. It was in a nightclub in my home village of Downings. And he said, oh you're joanne you read the news on highland radio he said you used to be sh1t but now you're really good and so i was learning my craft in front of a live audience of seventy thousand people every single day and one of the hacks that i used and i know you teach this is that i used to visualize reading the news to my mother okay so it was freaking me out thinking of all these people but i knew that she listened every day And so I would just visualize myself reading the news to her and actually she'd always give me feedback on whether I was, you know, making mistakes or whether I was improving. Uh, And so, yeah, I've been going live for over 20 years. My first time live on camera, I don't really know. I think I actually did some TV work and I was doing a live piece to camera um, on the back of some breaking stories. When it comes to social media, probably I was an early adopter, Ian going back to the early days of, you know, Facebook Live. And so as the new features emanate from the social channels, because I'm a teacher, I need to be a practitioner. And so I take them on. But yeah, I've been broadcasting live for two whole decades. 
I think that's great, you, you know, because we think about live video is quite a new thing, like I mentioned 2016, but we forget that, you know, live broadcasting has been around for a long time. I mean, a hundred years, if you think radio. Uh, and I love that, uh, that experience that you you were talking about, about getting in, getting in front of the microphone. And like the, the, the scary thing is like, once you've said something, you can't do anything about it. If you stumble over your words, there's nothing you can do. And I remember, I mean, my live experience is, uh, was, was in singing. So I was singing uh, on the ra- on Radio 4. There was only two or three of us singing. And I was just thinking, like, if I if I do something wrong, I can't do anything about it. It's gone out to, uh, you know, these hundreds of thousands of people that are listening. And it's quite a scary thing. And I think also as marketers, we are often those early adopters. And I think, I don't know what you think about this, Joanne, but often being an early adopter is actually quite a good thing because you get your mistakes out of the way, maybe when people aren't watching so much. What do you think about that? Yeah, I, I agree. And also, don't be afraid of the mistakes. It's in the errors where we find our zone of genius. And it's also in the pain of trying to improve that we're growing. And if I did not stick through those early six months of radio, I probably would have gone into myself and allowed it to disturbed me in my career going forward but now and I left broadcast journalism after my first job after three years would you believe it but it is still the craft that has allowed me to develop into a teacher now into a digital broadcaster and live streamer podcaster and hosting events and being MC. and so those skills have definitely improved me my confidence, but also how I am as a teacher and ultimately it's helped my business. So anything that is difficult is worth doing if you really want to get to the other side of that pain. Usually things that aren't painful or aren't a struggle, we actually don't care about. And, you know, you are the master of the confident live streaming industry and you know we often talk about this where we also still get anxiety and we get imposter syndrome and mm. some days we're just not feeling it but that's okay and you have to work through the pain there are no shortcuts but all the success and all the value is at the other side and actually linda flynn who's who's watching along she's another great example and i've said this to her so she won't mind me saying it like I watched her go live during COVID um, on Instagram and Facebook, and I've seen her develop her style um, and her authenticity and her growing in confidence. And that's actually, it's wonderful to watch people live because you get to see the real them. You can't hide from yourself. You can hide from yourself for a, for a bit, but you can't hide from the real you forever. And people just love to see that humanness office kind of ooze out through the screen and so i think it's um i think it's definitely worth pushing through the pain factor yeah oh my goodness i agree with you so much it's it's the first time you go live and, and actually for some time after it is it is scary for most of us and and i will admit today i still I still, I think we can be very harsh judges of ourselves. And I think, oh, I stumbled over my words there. And, and you think, 
you start to think catastrophize things in your head and you think, oh, well, nobody's going to like the show if, if I stumble over my words. And it's absolute rubbish, isn't it? Because people love the real you. They they don't mind if you stumble over your words uh, occasionally. And the, the only way you're going to improve is by continuing to, to go live and, and improve. Yeah, and that's the thing about live streaming. You know, I'm a teacher, Ian, you're a teacher, you've taught me and I've I watch your live show and like you could teach us every single day forever. But until we take action and we lean in to the, those nerves, we're not going to know where our weaknesses are, where we need to improve or where the opportunities for our live streaming greatness lie. And so I'm sure you see that as a teacher, where as teachers, we get frustrated that our students want to take the information they're here to learn they are committed but when it comes to taking the action that's where the the inactivity comes and the paralysis comes and the procrastination comes they'll go so far but they just won't step over that cliff edge into live streaming and so we we've got to keep nudging them more and getting them and honestly as you said catastrophizing it most of the bad things are in our head and they're not even real and there's also a sense of huge achievement after going live and communicating to an audience and then getting feedback and somebody saying oh I I saw you live you popped up or I watched the replay and something you said really resonated with me and sometimes we have to take the focus off ourselves and put our ego in our back pocket and be really honest and say, well, actually, I'm showing up for my audience. I'm not really showing up for myself. If I'm showing up for myself, then that's pure ego. But if I'm showing up for my tribe, this is my purpose. And this is actually why I do what I do. And I try and think about that. Because like you, I mean, I could look at my numbers and go, oh, well, I'm live, but there's three people watching. How embarrassing. And I, I don't have the huge influencer numbers that other people have on the gram or on YouTube and, you know, what gives me the right to actually go live when my audience is minute. And you know what? I've gone way past that. And I'm so glad because that doesn't matter because my audience is about, you know, like any audience, they're human beings. And if three human beings show up and they find value, then that's awesome. Because I used to be that journalist that had all the control. So people would send me in press releases. They'd fax me press releases 20 years ago. And I had the power to say whether that was going on the bulletin or whether it was going in the bin. Fast forward to 2022, and we now all can stand in our power and we can leverage the channels, the smartphone, the the free availability of Wi-Fi and the internet that has democratized and we can have our voice. And I feel really strong about that. And everybody has a role to play. And, you know, in my books, I talk about the pendulum of power swinging from big corporate business, church and state and into to the hands of the people. And that is the democratization of the internet. And so no matter what you want to talk about, um, and I, I'm a proponent of social media for good. And then, you know, use it and respect it and value what we have because we can now reach an audience directly and we don't have to rely on journalists. We don't have to rely on 
paid media and we can organically and authentically build up that tribe. So I think a lot of that fear that you talk about a lot is a lot in our own head. And when we strip that back and we really get purposeful about why we're showing up and consistency of showing up, then it will all come together. And in the consistent doing, you will learn so much. Like I haven't perfected everything. You know, I still want to grow my audience more. I want to reach new markets, but I know that I have to show up. It's like running. If I want to get fitter, I have to go and do those three miles every day and show up for myself and then come to work and show up for my clients. Because if I don't, and I let the white noise in my head direct me, then you won't see me. You know, I won't be on the footpaths by the prom and I won't be here. And so, yeah, I think it's just good to um, kind of call out our fear for what it is. And often it doesn't deserve the oxygen that we give it. And there you go. That was the Confident Line Marketing Show. Now, I'm only joking. That was amazing. We, but we could leave it there. There's so much to unpack in that, in what you just said there. And it is all in our heads. Uh, most of the stuff is in our heads. And it's all about changing that soundtrack that's running in our heads. And I think you're right. It's, it's kind of like getting fit. You know, I find that if I don't go to the gym for a week or two, it's so much harder to get back into it. And it's the same with live video. I need, we all need to kind of uh, do this, being consistent. Um, and you will find that if you have some time off, which we all need, but you'll find that you'll be a bit rusty and it's, it's kind of getting back into it. I want to look at, we've got some wonderful people watching live. Let's see if the tech is working. I think it is. So, um, who we got here. So we've got, uh, so Linda is saying, Linda is saying amazing. Uh, and so very true. We've got, uh, Johnny is here saying hi, JS. And Linda's also saying I was so crap in the beginning. I think like we, I should probably share some of my early videos and we can all look at how awful I was as well. Um, and also Linda saying, I have found out so much about myself, uh, doing live videos. It's definitely, very much a mindset journey, I think, that we're all on. Katie Simpson is in the house watching on YouTube. Great. Good morning to you. Um, and uh, Katie is saying, I'm going to have to listen to that again. My brain was a bit slow to take all the goodness in. Well, don't worry. There is a replay. There is a replay. And um, we'll also, uh, I'll also be kind of recording, I'll, I'll repurposing a few of the, those into little snippets as well. So don't worry, Katie. So, um, why do you go live? You, you've, you've mentioned a few things already, like the um, authenticity and people really like wanting to connect with us on a more human level. Uh, but there must be more to it than that. Everyone keeps, get, goes on about authenticity. What, why does that matter? And what else? What are the other reasons why you have embraced live videos so much in your business? Well, I think I'll jump to another A. So from authenticity to authority and you can be anything on the internet and it's not that difficult to build up a profile and a persona and display greatness i mean all you have to do is watch some of the documentaries on netflix at the moment a uh, tinder swindler i've just <laughs> finished the, that vegan one and i tell you i was getting anxiety but it brings me back to what I say to my clients and to my students. 
you know, be the person that shows up online, but provide the evidence of everything that you say. We can say whatever we want on the internet. We can publish the words and there isn't an editor there to correct us or to vet us or to call us out. Well, there are people there, but generally we can do and say what we want. So my philosophy and what I teach is back up what you say you are with evidence. And where do we get that evidence? We get that evidence in showing up live because when you show up live, you are talking through the stream of consciousness and the stream of consciousness from the brain to the mouth is the richest. There is very little time to edit what you're seeing. You might have some notes and people can kind of see um, if you mean it. And it's not just once, it's then that consistency of showing up live and developing a trend for what you're saying. So what you said last week in terms of fact or whether it's opinion or commentary based and you're showing up this week and the following week, is there a consistency and an alignment of what you're saying? Um, is your knowledge real? Um, because you answer questions live, I answer questions live. Um, where else is the evidence? Are you directing people to a blog post, to a white paper or to another related video? And so what you're doing is you're building up a repository of evidence and data-based evidence that actually proves who you are, what you say you are on the internet. And I feel really strongly about that. And when I got divorced and went back to just being, well, not just being, but being fabulous Joanne Sweeney, I had to rework my search engine optimization and, you know, remind Google that what Joanne Sweeney Burke had on the internet still belongs to me. And so that's really important. The evidence and the digital footprint that is deeper than just a tweet or an Insta story, I think is going to separate those who really get more success online versus those that don't. So if you haven't already, go and have a look at the depth of your digital footprint and Google yourself. Because a lot of people hang out on social and what I call now media, but we need some of that long form, evergreen, authoritative content that supports you. So I think going live gives me authority. It gives my audience a sense of trust and transparency. And then I can signpost to other pieces of work that I've done and people then can inform themselves a little bit more. That's so, so important. We've talked a lot about authenticity and we've talked a lot about repurposing, creating, uh, starting off with your live video and then being able to repurpose that into a podcast and blog posts and stuff. And all of that's great, but authority is something I think we all need to be reminded of because if we don't have that authority, then we're not going to have people coming to us. We're not going to be able to grow our audience. We're not going to have any clients because people don't trust us. And uh, Katie is saying that's very interesting that people can see if they can trust us, trust you via your live videos. And part of that is, Joanne, isn't that because we can't really the camera doesn't lie. You know, we can, like with a YouTube video, I can edit my YouTube videos to death and I can make them look all really slick. And there's no, don't get me wrong, there's nothing wrong with that. You know, YouTube is a different medium, but with live video, what you're getting at the moment is a kind of a stream of my consciousness and Joanne's and we're asking questions and, and thinking about these things and that we can't really fake that, can we? <laughs> And 
you've just reminded me also, like I come from a radio background. And if you get invited onto a radio station and you had your debut on BBC Radio 4 with a massive audience, I've had my debuts as a broadcast journalist. But subsequent to that, I've also been interviewed by mainstream media on various topics. And those working in the world of PR will definitely attest to the importance of mainstream media and journalists, because what is happening there is that third party affirmation. That is a professional asking for your opinion to then broadcast to a whole audience. Okay, so live stream has been around in TV and in radio, as you said, for for up to a, a, a century. And when we are now going live, we are putting ourselves in that position of assuming authority. And when you assume authority, you then want the attention of a relevant audience. And so there's, it's definitely kind of bringing up the bar of your communications and your marketing. And also what I would say is, it is an intention to listen more and not just be broadcasters because again working with the commercial radio sector here in Ireland I say you know broadcasting is great but it's not the realm of social media or social audio the whole difference between the internet 1.0 and 2.0 and social media is that two-way traffic like my earliest memory is my dad shouting at the radio before um, I was going to school. So that's where my love of radio came from because he was addicted to news and to radio. And I always wondered, I was like, why is he shouting at the radio? Because actually nobody is listening to him. Whereas now he could tweet the radio show and he could have his opinion and potentially they will read his tweets out or if not, a whole other audience will see it on Twitter. So we're showing up to share, but to listen. And also we're thinking about the difference that live brings to your profile or to the opinions that you espouse and also to eventually what we all want to do is to build up a tribe that um, have an interest in what we have to say. Yeah, definitely. And I think the word broadcasting is slightly unfortunate. When we just talk about live video broadcasting, people just think it's just about broadcasting to Facebook, YouTube, LinkedIn or whatever. And of course, they forget that one of the big things, we've talked about authenticity and authority, but it's also listening to your audience as well. And, and this is one of the things that we we love to do on the show. This is, this is a podcast and we love to hear from our podcast listeners as well. But of course, we have a live audience, which is great. And Louise Brogan is here. Great to see you, Louise, watching on LinkedIn. We're very popular on LinkedIn today. And I think it's all down to you, John, because I know LinkedIn is one of your a big network. So um, great to see you, uh, Louise. Let us know if you have um, any questions. Now, uh, I want to go a little bit more behind the scenes of what you actually do with your live video. And I've just been so impressed with what you do. I've got a little clip here of part of uh, one of your videos. And uh, well, it will describe it to describe the setup to podcast listeners in a bit. But uh, here's a little bit. Here's a little clip. 
Hello and welcome to episode 54 of the Public Sector Marketing Show. The new world of work is something that is dominating conversations on virtual meetings. But what are the opportunities for marketing and communications professionals in government and public sector? Need they be in the office full time? Can they go hybrid or can they work fully remote? Well, in a recent Gartner poll... Well, we could go on, but... uh I, I just love that. This, so so for podcast listeners, basically Joanne is in a full TV studio setup. It's great. She's behind a desk and there's also a little screen behind her. Um, so before we, we get into like how you um, how you use live video, what I want to ask is obviously your setup there, it looks so professional. And I know a lot of people watching and listening will be incredibly impressed. But does that matter? Does the the slickness, the professional like look of things, matter? Uh, and and why? So the first thing I would say is, if you're waiting for the slickness and the quality of the production setup to go live, then please don't. Okay. <laughs> so I've grown into this studio setup. The the reason that I have decided to go down that route is that I have a specific audience that I'm broadcasting to and engaging with, and that's government and public sector. So it's an audience that um, their attention is difficult to get. I want to stand out. And because I'm a journalist by trade, you can see me. I almost it almost looks like I'm reading the news and my children say, oh, God, you've got your radio voice on again. And I do. I go into that mode. But I actually feel that that setup actually suits the seriousness of the topics that I am discussing on my show. And I lend, it lends itself to building up that trust and that transparency with my audience. Now, it might be a little bit too kind of, I don't know, academic maybe for a business audience or you know, but there was a deliberate line of thinking behind that production. And also, I never got a, a job on TV reading the news. And you know what? I decided to give myself a job. <laughs> I love it. I love it. And I think, you, you, I think you've said some really important things. And I just want to kind of go over those. The first thing is that if you're watching that uh, and you think, oh, wow, that's amazing. I, but uh, if before I go live, I'm going to have to like get a better camera. I'm going to have to get the setup exactly like Joanne's, or I'm going to have to get a microphone just like Ian's. And no, you don't. Like if you look back at Joanne's first live setup, I don't know what it was. Or if you look at mine, it was mine was awful, and I was really struggling to even my computer was like overheating. But you've got to get started, and and also I love what you said that you've got to think about your audience now, and, and you've thought really strategically about your audience and what will work for them. So that setup might not work for for your audience, and that brings me on to the third thing that you said, which is really important, is that we we do need to stand out, and it's not like back in 2016 when no one was going live. Live video is being adopted and embraced by of a lot more business owners. So, it, and there is this real competition to stand out in the feed. If you scroll down your Facebook feed or your LinkedIn feed, are they actually going to bother to click on your live video if it looks a bit, sorry to say this, boring? And your your video definitely stands out. Do you think that's, I mean, that's obviously a part of what you're, you're the reason why you're doing what you're doing. Yeah, 100%. The need to stand out now in a world where we're experiencing 
content shock as to quote Mark Schaefer from a number of years ago, it is real. Um, and also there's another strategic move uh, in my kind of live video playbook here. And what I'm doing is I'm demonstrating to my prospective clients or to my prospective students that this is the quality that you can expect and the experience that you can expect when you work with us. So I'm actually putting out my net there and putting out my marketing stall, if you like. And I'm saying, you know, we take what we do really, really seriously. And if you choose to study or work with us, you will get that level of experience. And so that's also a really important calling card from that point of view. It's it's about your standards, right? You know what I mean? Um, and again, this is just for my audience. And again, to repeat what Ian says, it might not work for your own audience. And like, I have to make business decisions around, you know, hiring that studio and um, committing with that. And my that sh show in particular, I did have a previous podcast, but this show in particular is now uh, about 13 months old. And I've decided to 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 stick um, with it and to continue. And Ian, we, we spoke before the public sector marketing show went live and you actually helped me in that whole process. Yeah, no, that was that was fun to do. And it's just been amazing to see you just like implement so much and it just go. I mean, we were talking about this before that you're the kind of person that uh, just gets on with it, <laughs> you know, and, well, and I'm sure. I do, I, I do. And I think it's so important because, you know, I can spend an hour of my day procrastinating. My anxiety levels will just dial up. I'll overthink it. And actually, what I do is I use Mel Robbins' approach, and it's literally, you know, five, four, three, two, one, before the rocket launches, and you see yourself going into that alleyway where there's no return. I just get up and I take action. And honestly, taking the action, whether it's getting on your runners to go for a run, or whether it's switching on your computer, and you say to yourself, I'm going to do 10 minutes because you can all give 10 minutes, or if it's running, say, I'll run to the bottom of the road and I'll turn back. By the time you get to the bottom of the road and I see that problem and that water in front of me, there is no way that I'm turning on my heels. I'm going <laughs> to keep going. So procrastination takes more energy, raises your anxiety levels. And because I've set that standard for myself now in terms of taking action, it served me well. And there's also a serotonin release from taking action too. So it's win-win. Oh, I love this. Yes. Yeah, serotonin, dopamine, all, we all need those happy hormones, don't we? And, you know, I just, are there any, are there any recovering perfectionist procrastinators in the house? I think we're all there. Don't over, you know, overthinking. Like I'm, I'm the master of everything. Oh, I was. And I think this is one of the reasons why I love live video uh, once you you get over the, the that initial fear, you just you you get on with it. I mean, you know, this show. If anything goes wrong with my camera, there's not much I can do about it. Uh, you know, you just have to get you have to get over yourself. 
Um, so uh, we've got Dr. Elo in the house watching on YouTube. Great to see you. Uh, Linda is saying, amazing, you are the queen and you just need to start. And Laura is watching on LinkedIn saying, love Mel Robbins. I need, I need, I've actually got Mel Robbins books, uh, book on my Audible playlist and I haven't got around to it yet. So I definitely, that's a reminder on that. And Katie Simpson says, I love that. Just do it and do do 10 minutes and it uh, helps the stress cortisol. And it's like going to the gym. I, I always like struggled with like going to the gym and, and actually just putting my trainers out in the morning kind of reminded me and even like getting in the car, it's, it's actually getting out the door that's the difficult thing. Katie is saying, yes, I've got my first webinar tomorrow and didn't sleep till gone 2am. Ah, all the best for that. Katie is going to be awesome. You know, just doing your first one, that's the most difficult, isn't it? And uh, Laura's saying, yeah. So um, tell us a little bit more about your your setup, uh, Joanne. Um, and uh, so, uh, I mean, where do we start? I don't even know where to start, Joanne. Maybe you can help us here. Do we uh, talk about, maybe, maybe let's talk about your strategy. That's probably the best thing. Uh, so talk about uh, what it is that you are doing with live video. And um, yeah, we'll take it from there. So my strategy ultimately is to build trust within an audience of professionals working in government and public sector. They are leaning into social and digital communications and they need support. And my career and background and all of my books and everything uh, aligns with that. And so I know where they hang out. I know they are going to Google. Uh, I know what keywords they're searching on Google. Uh, usually it's social media strategy template for government. Um, they are also hanging out on LinkedIn and they are also hanging out on Twitter. They are on Facebook, but they do not disclose themselves as a professional in public sector on Facebook. So it's definitely more difficult to get them there. However, I see from my web link acquisition stats on Google Analytics that they are actually coming from Facebook because Facebook is still a great driver of web traffic um and then on instagram you know they're kind of there when they're not working but do they really want to see my sort of stuff and i kind of do i do stuff on instagram but definitely the more corporate channels is where i can find them and so the whole idea with the show is knowledge sharing knowledge so it is a 30 to 40 minute weekly show it starts with video, it's recorded in the studio, we use green screen, and I prepare the, the visual slides that you saw behind my shoulder. And so I would map out my content plan uh, for a quarter, so I'd have an idea of the next 12 episodes, but I leave some freedom in there, depending on what's trending. For example, there might be new studies out, and um, I've got an episode coming up shortly on war storytelling through social media on the back of what's happening in Ukraine. And then I will then tease out the topic and within my show, and again, I work with you on, on the structure of it. I have the introduction, which tells you what's coming up. I then I have Joanne's column and in the column, I'm priming the audience and I'm developing the theme. So it's almost like a radio column. Okay, that's how I view it. My column is like a radio column, so I'm a huge radio fan. 
And then I go into the consulting segment. And in the consulting segment, I will take one practical challenge or issue and I will give free consulting advice on it. And then we go into the interview. So I'll speak to somebody who has overcome that challenge in government, in public sector, or an industry expert. And then I close off with a, a reminder for people to subscribe. And I also give a free resource um, in every show. So whether it's a, a webinar or whether it's a guide. And, and that's it. It is just knowledge, value, and letting people take that free value and that free knowledge until they reach a point where they are ready to work with me. So my sales tactics aren't aggressive. It's all about waking up an audi audience, getting their attention and building that trust. And I can see it because I can see them coming through my inbox or calling me. And more often than not, they'll say, I'm a listener to your podcast. I watch your videos. You hit on something that really we're struggling with now. Can you help? And so that's a very organic way for me to develop my business. And actually, it sits better with me also. Um, and so, yeah, that's the strategy is knowledge first, value verse first, show up for my audience and leveraging the power of live streaming to reach an international audience. Because I would argue um, a lot of the sector in Ireland know me. And I've worked with a lot of them, but now I'm trying to broaden my net. And so that show it goes out on a Wednesday on YouTube and on Facebook. So it's simulcast at 11 a.m. And then the podcast episode goes out on a Thursday, along with the blog post and the show notes. And just like you, Ian, we repurpose uh, the hell out of the show. We create three epic videos, so videos of about two minutes that are branded and have captions overlaid. We create carousels for Instagram, quote graphics from me, from my column, and also from our guests. And then we have a trailer um, off the show that goes out on the Monday. And, and that is filling up our what I call my content pipeline. If my content pipeline is not full, my sales pipeline will not be filling up. And so I respect the content creation process hugely. And I know if I decide as a business owner to take that piece away from my business, then my business will suffer. And just like Coca-Cola, they need to show up every day. We need to be front of mind when our client is ready to work with us. It's not a case that we can dictate. And again, my uh, sales approach is definitely not aggressive. I prefer to be a magnet for the, for the right people and come to me when they're ready. Um, but definitely there's a correlation between the video strategy, the live streaming strategy, and also the impact on the business. Well, you've thought so much, so you've very deeply and you've planned all of this. Um, the structure of the show, I think, is absolutely vital. So you know exactly what you're doing and you know where you're going to be broadcasting to. And there are different segments that addresses certain things that you're wanting to, to do. And, uh, I think the whole authority side of things really comes through on that, that people are going to see you, then they they know if they have a problem or a struggle, they know that you, Joanne, are the person that's going to help them. They might not be, they might not, they might not need you now, but in a month's time, a year's time, they might 
they might be in a bit of a pickle and they think, I need some help. Oh, Joanne, Joanne is the one I need to go to. So I think that's, that is so important. So you broadcast to, uh, so let's just see if I've got this right. You broadcast to, uh, to uh, Facebook and YouTube. And then that episode, you repurpose into a podcast and uh, that goes out a couple of days later, I think you said, is that right? One day later, 24 hours. Wow. So you, so that's, so you don't give yourself much of a time to, to do that though. That's quite, quite a quick turnover. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm, the secrets are in the, the batch producing process, you know, so I'm, I'm, planning ahead i'm producing ahead and i'm streaming i'm streaming as premieres so as live streams um and then i'll inter kind of interweave kind of live lives in between it um because one of my difficulties is actually being able to be live live like on a wednesday at 11 o'clock because and this is why it was so difficult for us to to meet up at this time is that very often my mornings and then my afternoons are actually taken up training people. So I'm actually in the trenches doing the work. Yeah. So it, it is difficult to get that time. But if you do batch it, which is what you're doing, that makes all the difference. And I think actually this episode is, is I think it's either May uh, is going to come out, the podcast or June. I can't remember exactly. So I think you need to have a system that's going to allow you to be flexible and get on with the rest of your business. Um, that is absolutely vital. So I love that. And then you repurpose that into a blog post as well. Now you have a team to help you with this. Um, what if you don't have a team? What, what for some people who are watching or listening who are just starting out, um, they may have a VA, they may not, but what would you suggest that they can do just as a minimum when it comes to repurposing? So, the best place to start if you're intending to do repurposing is with video because video has audio and then you can also transcribe for text. Uh, if you don't have a team and you don't have a budget, then you just got to look to the social platforms. Facebook is free. YouTube is free. Turn on creator mode on LinkedIn. You can get LinkedIn live. Twitter is free. Instagram is free. You know, so you have a smartphone or you have a desktop or a laptop device and you have an internet connection but i am a huge proponent of thinking out the why and the how so who is your audience what is going to be the consistent show that you produce is it interview based and then maybe you're using something like streamyard for example or is it a solo show where you're going out or is it going to be a mix of both you have to think those things out. And another thing that I would say about having guests is that's another way to build authority because you are influential by the by your network and the audience that you hang out with. And that's also, also like a, another way of third-party affirmation. So just choose your channel based on where your audience is. Use your device. You have a free internet connection or you have internet connection so from that point of view nothing is stopping you but you got to think about what you want your show or your live to look like um, and start and build it like we've we've changed the show we've changed the studio setup we've changed some of the repurposing we've kind of redesigned the promo graphics 
after about eight months because I thought they were getting tired. But honestly, you don't start at 10. You start at two or three and you commit to evolving and growing. And, you know, if you're starting on Instagram, for example, then maybe you'll turn that Instagram live um, into a blog post. So take the time to actually write the show notes and to write down the takeaways because then you are serving Google and you are serving search. And remember what I said earlier, you want more evidence of your authority to show your audience. And some people prefer to listen or to read. So all of this will 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 help you kind of just kind of propagate the internet and lay seeds all over the place. And if you're recording um, on Zoom or on StreamYard for your video solo or indeed for a an interview, you can then just take that audio, the MP3 file, and you can then syndicate it on the podcast platforms. And that also isn't going to cost you money because again, podcasting is growing in a in people are loving podcasting you know it's very accessible you can multitask and you don't have to have youtube open on your phone you can kind of just let the podcast run so think about the audience think do some research into who else is doing what in your area or other shows that you enjoy yourself and just take some ideas and then test and uh, i committed to i knew i was going to commit to this show for long term but i definitely wanted to do six episodes to see what I was going to learn. As Linda said, she learned so much about herself. And so the act of doing will give you the insights into what your next evolution of your life would be. But um, take action, commit to a number of shows first, choose your channel based on your audience. And yeah, then you will have more insights. So true. So true. And, and don't give up too early. You know, a lot of people, they, you know, they get depressed about how many people are watching live or how many people are listening to the podcast. And I love what you said about uh, the podcast side of things, because I'm a big believer in, in producing your content in a way that's going to be beneficial to your audience. And not, like, not everyone likes live video. Not everyone is in the position to to turn up live. So you've got the replay and you've got multi-streaming and then you've got a podcast. So people can do the washing up while listening to you or driving while uh, listening to you. So all really, really important stuff. So I just looked at the time and we've just, it's, we're, we're at the end of the, or towards the end of the show. And we haven't really talked about your studio setup and your tech setup. So can you tell us a little bit more about how that works? You, you use a studio, um, but tell us a little bit more about that because it, it is pretty awesome, your setup. So I work with the team at Sound to Light in Galway. And honestly, I've sent so many recommendations their way because so many people get in touch with me going, what is your studio setup? How are you doing it? And who can help me? So um, that's outsourcing it. So basically, I go to their studio on the first Friday of every month and I spend half a day and I produce four shows in about three hours. And so I create the slides for each show. So they they help me with the storytelling. And I also kind of script in a way, I do some notes for myself and you see that I, I have them on my cue cards. And then I go in and I batch produce and I'll just take it episode by episode and I record each segment in isolation. And honestly, if I make a mistake, Niall makes me take it from the top. And then he's got less editing to do. So we have a green screen. And essentially, they have used Adobe Suite to build 
that studio that you see. But essentially, I'm sitting on a chair with a desk in front of me with a green blanket over it and behind me. And then my slides are then on the virtual screen. And that's what we do. Um, I then have my interview and I will do that back at my office. And I either use a Ecamm to do those interviews or I will use StreamYard. And that then just allows me to kind of brand the interview piece. And then that interview is slotted into the final edit. So yeah, so I have the team at Sound to like just editing the, the show and also the, the podcast. But honestly, we, we kind of do it in one take. As I said, if I make a mistake, Niall makes me take it from the top. And I can do that because of all the years of practice. And if I trip over my word and I keep going because I've got momentum, I'll just keep going. Because again, I, I'm in the stream of consciousness and I don't want it to be overly kind of scripted because I'm better when I don't have a script. Um, and then we we just repurpose. So I have a month's worth of shows on done on the first Friday of the month and then they're on a schedule. And then Angela on my team is my digital marketing assistant and she has nailed our process. And we have a process of when each segment is going out. We work off Google Drive. She has access to the all the files for the particular episode. We have branded templates in Canva. Um, we do our epic videos in Splashio. And then we have all our social networks. And literally everything that you see then online, Angela is doing and she's followed my process. So my role in all of this is essentially showing up on the first Friday of the month to Sound to Light, spending half a day. And that includes me prepping those shows and getting the interviews. And then of course, I'll, I'll do the, the interviews uh, back in the office. And honestly, I don't find it difficult because I've mastered the processing and you're all about process. Once you commit to what your show is going to be, the next thing you need to do is master your process. And then it's seamless, you rinse and repeat. And then after a couple of months you go, is there anything I could I could improve? It's so true. Like and I, as a like a creative person and I love to play around with things. You'd think that having a process would be would restrict you, but it's the opposite. It really is. So having that having that process in place is absolutely vital. And out of interest just before we finish, uh, one thing that I've struggled with and I'm interested to know like how you do this in your team is Pick, it's picking those little snippets out. If you're if you're wanting to, like, like for example, in this episode, there's lots of bits that I know um, that I want to take into little video snippets. But how do you do that? Do you, do you yourself watch it back and think, oh, I want that bit and I want that bit, or do you get your team to do it? I'm just interested in your 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 way of working there. So I have what's called a trained listening ear from working in radio. And I am actually listening for the sound bite. So I just have a pen in my hand and I will I will timestamp it as I hear it. Because that's what a journalist does. When you're listening to a conversation, you're listening for the sound bite or the hook. And I just literally write down a couple of words that is the hook and I timestamp it and then I know exactly which part I want it to go out. So I'm doing it in the moment. That's a great tip. I'm going to have to steal that from you. <laughs> Although it does require multitasking, so I'm not sure how successful it's I'll be. But I'll... multitasking. <laughs> well, it's just a new type of multitasking. Well, thank you, John. We, we're out of time. Um, 
but thank you so much for sharing that with us. This has been amazing. And uh, how can people find out a little bit more about you and, and follow you? I know your, so your website is, uh, well, actually that's the, hold on, let's just move that out of the way, is digitaltraininginstitute.ie. Uh, so you can definitely check that out. I love your website. It's just, um, I just love the colors and everything. So um, definitely check that out. But how can people find out uh, more about you and, and follow you on the socials? Well, if you're on LinkedIn, definitely connect with me on LinkedIn. Um, I love being there. And, you know, even if you're not in my niche, that doesn't matter. If you're just a business person and I'm a business person, you know, let's have a connection. I am on all the social networks. But if you just Google even Joanne Sweeney, you'll find me. But if you are in public sector, our website is publicsectormarketingpros.com. Awesome. And if you connect with Joanne on LinkedIn, do send a personal message, say that you found out about her on the Confident Live Marketing Show. Uh, that would be awesome. Well, thank you, Joanne. It's been great to have you on the show, but we are out of time. How on earth did that happen? It happened very, very quickly. Uh, just to let you know that next episode, so if you're watching live, it, this is on Thursday, or it'll be next Friday if you're listening to the podcast. Well, I'm joined by Shelley Nathan, otherwise known as Shelley Saves the Day. And it's all about how to share what you love with live video. It's about sharing your, what you're passionate about and, and getting over those nerves. So we'll be talking a little bit more about mindset, but also some of the things that you can do just to, to do what you love, share what you love on live video. Well, that's it for this week. But until next time, I encourage you to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of Confident Live Video. See you soon. Bye. Thanks for listening to the Confident Live Marketing Podcast with Ian Anderson Gray. Make sure you subscribe at iag.me forward slash podcast so you can continue to level up your impact, authority and profits through the power of live video. And until next time, toodaloo. Don't